I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. Daria. Talking to me? And welcome to Aria Talking to Me, a Game of Thrones podcast hosted by two lovely little boys from Melbourne, Australia. We're comedians, we're Game of Thrones fans, and our names are Ben Vernell and Adam Knox. I am a, I am a full adult, not a little boy. <laughs> You're a little boy in a big boy's body. I'm having the adventure of a lifetime. <laughs> you, well, you really are. Once again, we are recording from opposite sides of the globe. You're trotting, you're trotting around the globe, as you all want I, to do. I am a little pig, <laughs> huffing my hoofers all over this fine planet of ours. Yes. Or at least in one small apartment in Edinburgh, Scotland. <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah, you've been gone for so long. Uh, and it sounds like you're having a ripping time. A, a lot of listeners to our other shows... A show have gone along to your shows. It sounds uh, really cool. That's been so cool too. Thanks to everyone who's done that. Um, it's been very nice to see people here with like "Good Morning Video Games" shirts on and stuff. That's insane. That's that's uh, crazy. Because yeah, we 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 do live shows in Melbourne and we get you know like a normal. A passable amount of people to the shows and it's always lovely to see those people and they came to Chimcop and stuff but um, for, for anyone to know who we are in another country is uh, is insane Scotland, a country where they call soft drink juice that is cra- I, okay, I take it all back, fuck those people <laughs> it, uh, it blew my mind because I bought a Red Bull, I was exhausted because I'm tired the whole time, the room I'm sleeping in as well, the noisiest room um, oh. cause I keep yelling, I'm tired, <laughs> <laughs> but, um, I bought a Red Bull from uh, an off license the other day mm-hmm. and the guy went, all right, just the juice. I was like, no, I, j- I want a Red Bull. <laughs> <laughs> it's so oh, funny. Dear. It's the weirdest thing we hear. So we go, can I get a juice please? And like, yep. What juice do you want? Uh, Fanta. <laughs> <laughs> it's I really, smell... It's- I smell a new comedy bit when you return. Uh, it it kind of doesn't like our our one makes less sense if anything. Like you can't juice something to get a Fanta or a Red Bull. Obviously, that's the weird thing about it is that like, what object do you juice to make a Coca Cola? But oh yeah, us calling ours soft drinks is just as stupid because then it's just in relation to alcohol. We're just saying it's not alcohol. So ah uh, yeah yeah. Ours is and apparently in Japan, my brother was saying the translation is. Juice. Okay, that's every soft that's drink slash soda type thing. They do it in Japan as well. So, yeah. Mm. I mean, I've I've been to Japan twice, and uh, I've never bothered to learn the language, so I did not know that. <laughs> they call them Coca Cola, <laughs> and then motioning obviously to a Coca Cola. It's uh, <laughs> it's a very you know it's a very visual language. It's like Italian. You gesture a lot. 
You just <laughs> point, point at what you mean. <laughs> um, that's awesome. You know what else is awesome? This episode of Game of Thrones that we're about to talk about, it might be my favorite. It's certainly one of the most uh, sort of impressive and impactful and boy it's a it's a it's a big one isn't it i think in terms of the uh the reputation and popularity of the show as well it's mm-hmm. probably the mm-hmm. most important episode i think i think that's fair to say yeah absolutely yeah we've this talked is- a bit about about how it the end of season 1 was like you know created a bit of buzz it certainly made some headlines and and it got some people interested but this is the point where i think you probably agree it crossed over into being like the must-watch TV, in, just around the world. Like this is this is the moment where everyone was talking about it. Yeah, there's there's like compilations of people's reactions to this on YouTube. Mm. There's mm. all like the. I mean, everyone who's listening to this has seen the episode by now, I'd imagine. So the phrase "red wedding" yep. is like ubiquitous as one of those pop culture things. Yep. Yep. Yeah, like absolutely. Garfield. <laughs> this is this is Game of Thrones is Wonderwall, one hundred percent. Totally, absolutely. This is one, and like as as we both were at this point uh, when it aired, we hadn't read read this. We we didn't know what was happening um, ahead of time, and I saw. I I was told like don't get spoiled, which is annoying. And then I saw someone post "Red Wedding," just the two words on Facebook, and I was. I mean, that's fucking, that's enough. You know, that's enough to, to give me an idea was, of what was going to happen. But yeah. when I watched it for the first time, it still fucking hit me like a ton of bricks. It, it still is probably the most sort of effective piece of, of TV I've ever seen, I'm going to totally. say. This, this and I think the third series of Game of Thrones came along at the same time as the last season of Breaking Bad. Sure, yes, right. And yep. it was all this TV that was like this churn you up, make you feel tense and sick kind of stuff. Mm. Mm. And uh, I think we'll look back at it as a golden age. <laughs> <laughs> um, I, uh, all irony aside, I agree. <laughs> yeah. That, um, yeah, it's, it, it was a, a great time to be a fan of TV. Shall we dive right in? Yeah, well, w- are we going to do this one by... Because we normally go chronologically in the order of the show, but I think this time we're going by location just because it is the simpler way of getting across what happens in this particular episode. I, I think so. Yeah, there's not a lot of crossover. In, in fact, there's there's. I mean, there's a little bit actually. I was I was going to say there was none, but there actually is. But um, in terms of the 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 main storyline, let's say, I think it's it's nice to focus on that. Give it give it a bit of uh, breathing uh, breathing room. So let's yeah, let's right. roll through the the three others first, and um and then we'll finish on yeah, obviously the the, the big one. Yeah. So we begin uh, this episode of our podcast in Yunkai, the possibly the least interesting of the three storylines. A hundred percent. I like as this section of this as well, because like they're attacking the city, like they're gonna, like they wanted to. Um, yep. Dario Naharis is being cocky still, and cocky mm-hmm. in the least interesting way. Totally, absolutely. He. We I, talked last week about how we didn't really connect with this this actor or this character, and I actually think it's worse in this episode. Agreed. 
Uh, him because this time he doesn't really have much of any kind of point of difference because like Grey Worm and well Grey Worm trusts him but like Jorah doesn't trust him mm, and yep. but not in like a oh maybe he will betray them way just in a uh, Jorah thinks this guy's a hunk who's near Daenerys way which is like absolutely could be interesting absolutely so, he's just threatened by him on a personal level right and it but like. I, there's something so flat about it. I don't really know why it doesn't work, but I think mm. it may be largely in the actor who's playing Dario. Yeah, yeah, I th- I think so. I mean, I don't think the lines that he's given or... I think it's his lines, really, are, are not that interesting. Like, and you're right, like, it, it, this conflict could be interesting. We know Jorah's character extremely well by this point. But then, on the other hand... It's a very straightforward conflict. Like, Dario's a hot dude who has literally said, like, Daenerys, you're the hottest woman I've ever seen and I'm going to, like, betray my commanders to fight for you. And Jorah's like, yeah, but I'm into her. So, you know, like, that's yeah. the extent of the conflict. And uh, the there's, sup- yeah, there's something real Orlando Bloom Legolas about mm. this guy where, like, it's the yep. most f- kind of flat, first draft interpretation of what like fantasy character means you know he's yeah 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 and i I, i'm not you're right there's there's nothing um there's nothing sort of paradigm breaking about this character well a lot of the stuff we love about this show uh, is stuff that that takes this genre in a direction we've never seen before and boy we've seen this before and uh, there's nothing about their plan that kind of is interesting as well their plan is I'm going to kill the guards. End of plan. (laughs) (laughs) Totally. And they do it because, like, it's, you know, there's a big lot of them who come out at some point, but they're all great Mm. fighters who, yeah, aren't presented to be in any real danger during this. Yes. um, So, yeah, they set up this plan. Jorah's like, I don't trust him. Grey Worm's like, "Eh, I don't have any barometer on who's a good or bad person. I haven't really interacted with human beings in any true capacity. But uh, yeah, completely. And then Sir Sir Barometer himself, Sir Sir Barometer Selmy, is I think just fine. He's just fine with it. Yeah, he doesn't say much, and he's like, I want to come. And Jorah's like, Hey, (laughs) someone needs to stay here with Daenerys. Which fair enough. Yeah, yeah. Also, like he Jorah just wants one less male competitor i think like just just go leave me alone for a bit please and then he like they have this sort of sword swinging fight where Mm -hmm. everything (laughs) does look kind of choreographed and everything yeah yeah and um then they come back bloody and they're like hey we won off screen somehow (laughs) this enormous city that was going to take us months to get we did it yeah yeah it really does reduce the 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 scale a lot like too much often like mm-hmm. they, they've got away with that sort of thing in this show they've they've condensed down a much larger scale battle or even just larger scale plot movements to 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 single scenes or shorter scenes totally um, all of all the stuff yeah. with Rob's army and the Lannisters mm. were mm. implied massive fights that did seem like they would have been huge but this I have no idea how many people were involved. Totally, we've and we we've, we've complained previously, or at least criticised the the lack of of scope and scale in those Rob scenes, especially. But uh, they kind of just get away with it because the writing in those scenes is good, the characters are interesting. But yeah, this was just flat and 
absolutely choreographed. That that scene was not well done at all. Yeah. And of course they 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 just win. Like uh, there was no chance they were not going to. Yeah, I mean like and given the other stuff that happens in this episode, you know, it's pretty crazy that this can give you such a sense of like, oh, I know what's going to happen. Mm, absolutely, completely. But that's what it does. I mean, maybe there's because of that that storyline that we're going to end on um because it is so incredible, it's incredibly delivered and, and executed as well as incredibly written in the first place. Maybe we cut them some slack for this. I don't know, but I, I, I just, yeah, it, it, it really suffered in comparison. Yeah, agreed. Uh, but like, you know, it's fine. They're, they're spinning up the wheels to obviously work towards this larger thing of her and the city dealing with each other, but yes. um, not in an elegant way. No, no. Um, but hey, it did help the pacing of the episode overall. Sure, I agree with that. The, the the sort of focus on like kind of four main groups here seems to be mm. the sweet spot. Yes, yep, agreed. Shall we move to uh, sweet spot number two? <laughs> <laughs> Buy uh, me dinner first. <laughs> hey, baby. Uh, we w- go uh, north of the wall. So we're uh, we're with Sam and Gilly. Yep, uh, Sam is feeling real confident after having killed that White Walker. He's talking Ooh, about yes. uh, the kings of old. Um, oh, someone has oh, a, yeah. I can't, I can't remember the name of the king that he says, but it's like Geralion or something, and it just sounds like a modern day <laughs> DJ. And it was a very odd name. <laughs> yes, uh, um, and yeah, rest in peace, with- modern day DJ. <laughs> <laughs> You'll be dropping beats in heaven now, Geralion. <laughs> <laughs> uh, <laughs> yes, but good. yeah, he, um, like his um, sort of knowledge of of the wall and this place where they're going to go through and and this castle, and he's giving Gilly all the history, and she is so blown away by the concept of reading. Mm. Yeah, totally, totally. It's it's like every nerd's dream. <laughs> this girl, <laughs> she yeah. she actually respects me for reading books. Oh shit! Yeah, I didn't really think of it like that, but it is more. George R. R. Martin insert stuff. Yep, yep, absolutely. As you've said before, Sam is, or maybe I said it, Sam clearly is the George R. R. Martin surrogate of this show. Uh, yeah, I think a lot of people are, have cottoned on to that now. And yep. George is like, no, no, no. <laughs> no, and he's not going to be the hero in the end. I haven't written it to be that. And he's not He's not writing the history of the Game of Thrones as a book, which actually is the Song of Ice and Fire. That's not what's going to happen. Please. His name's not don't. Sam because of Samwise Gamgee. I'm just... <laughs> telling you that now. <laughs> oh, George. Um, yeah, I mean, i got to admit, I uh, forgot <laughs> basically the entire content of that scene with Sam and Gilly. Um, it was just doesn't nice. interest me. I, I Like, I was... Ha- I think th- them sort of... Sam <sighs> falling for this kid, I think, is the mm-hmm. interesting part, where, like, that was what kind of i'm not sure whether it was gilly or more like this baby doesn't deserve to die or both yeah him kill sure. walker. so i think sam you know having to be put into this situation where he's becoming a a surprise dad mm. Mm. is could be interesting but um uh, you know that he's it's weird to turn a comic relief character which is kind of what he was a little bit yep yeah totally into the the main the main article. I think we talked about it a bit back back in you know season one 
that he was he wasn't just a comic relief character. He was like the Vincent D'Onofrio in Full Metal Jacket, like the fat kid right. who was fucking up constantly and getting bullied. And it, you know, was he going to snap? Was he going to just get you know get his head smashed in during the night? And then um, and then he palled up with John and. And they had that sh- shitty little dynamic, and now he's, um, yeah, now he's off with Gilly and the baby. Which you're right, like the the, the paternal instinct thing um, is at least endearing about Sam. Yeah, and like the sort of hero's journey thing from being a, a useless nothing to being helpful is kind of could be interesting, but we'll see. Mm. But yeah, not much mm. happens there. Gilly sees the wall, and she's like, "Fucking hell." That's right. Yeah, yeah. It's it's uh, Sam's like I, the the the. It's like oh, fuck. So I forget who told him, but he was like, "It's seven hundred feet high or something," which actually doesn't seem that high. Maybe it was higher than that. I don't know. Well, I think he I think he read it in a book. Ah, uh, yes. You could get all that from staring at marks on a piece of paper. <laughs> like I anyway. Even, even you're if right, you the- can't read, nobody is that blown away by the idea of what reading is. I feel like people understand what it is, even if they can't read. Well, man, that's very middle class privileged of you to say. Yeah, I'm in the best class. <laughs> <laughs> You're a wizard. Not low enough to not low enough to suck. Not high enough that people are trying to drag you back down. Oh, I'm low enough to suck. <laughs> well, you're down there. <laughs> Uh, but yeah, also apparently north of the wall, this is listed in north of the wall in the sort of recap that we're looking at here, but, uh, it absolutely does not take place north of the wall, all the brand stuff. I think it's close to the wall though. I think it's, it's, it's south of the wall, but close to it because, you know, we know what happens later on with the storylines that do intersect that I alluded to before. Mm. Um, it must be just south of the wall. Yeah. Yeah. Because there's the Bran and uh, Osha and um, Rickon and Hodor and some yes. uh, Summer and Shaggy Dog, yeah, a couple of wolves, a couple of wolves. They're all uh, <laughs> heading up north. They're, Osha's still like, I don't want to go north of the wall. I keep telling you that, and <laughs> Bran keeps being like, We're doing it. We're doing it. We have oh, to. Oh right, I, it's and what? those other two, Jojen and Mira. Ah, yes, you're right. Yep. Jojen and Mira uh, are also there, um, which comes into play uh, at some point. Jojen yep. has to give Bran a bit of advice. But yeah, basically, they're just up there sort of wandering about for for a little while and, and going into this castle to take shelter from, or like a windmill type thing to take shelter yes. from the rain. Yes. And we see the first intersection here of Stark kids kind of come back together and mm. just missing each other. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, I'm glad it, it's it's only happened this once so far, and surely wouldn't happen again uh, in the future. <laughs> but yeah, we we go back and we join uh, John and the the party of wildlings that scaled the wall. We saw them uh, the other week, looking out over the vista of the the southern lands, um, the great southern lands. And <laughs> John, John is trying to be a little bitch. He's trying to be like, look, guys, um, you don't want to go there because um, maybe there's soldiers and, and maybe we should, you know, go somewhere else or, you know, like, I don't know, just think about maybe if, maybe we just go home. Maybe we just go home, guys. Like, why do you want to, why do you want to do this for? But no totally one's buying it. Doing the least convincing job of being like, he's such a bad spy. <laughs> he's the, he's the worst spy. He's so transparent. Yeah. And like this <laughs> Russian spy coming to me and being like, dude, 
What if what if we just stopped all this America shit? <laughs> right? They should call him they should call him John Ice because I can see right through him. Oh shit, you can't see through every type of ice, but I like what you've tried to do. <laughs> Thank you. <laughs> Thank you for the support, my brother. Thank you for the support. Yeah, it's um, yeah. There, there's like a little farmer uh thing there. He's farming horses to to get give to the the Night's Watch. Mm. And like they they run at him and Tormund, the big guy, is like, we're absolutely killing him. There's not a chance <laughs> that he's not going to die. And then John yep. starts running the quickest and, like, knocks the bow and Egret tries yeah. to shoot him and, like, yep. just makes a real yep. fucking meal of it. And the old man gets away, but they do find him later. And Tormund's yes. about to kill him. And then fucking Gareth is like, make John <laughs> do it. I reckon he's really suspicious. Make John do it. Yeah, Gareth is, is a smart dude. Yeah, because it's so like uh, getting a little bit ahead because like they almost notice um, Bran and everyone in that tower, mm. Mm. but nothing. Yes, really so this comes is happening in the same exact same location. Right, exactly. Like they're they're yeah. just near each other, which makes sense. They're both going for the same place, mm. and mm. Uh, Hodor starts freaking out about the thunder, and Bran eventually like walks into him. Yes, calms him down, which is a pretty crazy thing that he can control a person. It's a, it's a it's a very significant thing to happen. Um, it has a lot of um, uh, repercussions, potential repercussions in terms of the overall story. Um, yeah, pretty big deal. Something to note if you're a first time viewer. I think that is Definitely. pretty uh, pretty fucked. And and Jojen points it out as well. He's like, nobody can do that. Mm. There mm. are heaps mm. of wargs north of the wall, and none of them can do that. But so yep. anyway. Um, Gareth, who's a wog as well, yes. he like yep. <laughs> he tells them like make John kill him, and then John flips out and tries to fight them, and he he won't do it. Yeah, and like they have this little fight. Tormund ends up like grabbing um, Egret, uh, Egret, being like yep. he's not worth it, and then. John stabs Gareth and he's like, you were right the whole time. And it's like, yeah, <laughs> yeah. cunt. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, that's right. Fuck, that was so stupid. Everyone like, knows he was right. You're obviously a fucking... <laughs> <laughs> it's, you'd said that after you stabbed him in front of everyone. Yeah. And like, <laughs> uh, as though it's some big reveal for you, he would have been like, fucking, I know. Every single character in this scene has already accused him of being a traitor <laughs> at various points. Rob's such a... F- I mean, John is such a dumb idiot sometimes. Ugh. Most of the time, to be honest. Yeah. He's, he's only endearing when he's being a naive moron, but also he's a naive moron, so... Totally. Yeah. yeah. And so, yeah, Bran's inside of the wolves, uh, kind of helping John get out of there. Yes. Yeah, and John gets mauled by this eagle in the most ridiculous-looking way. Isn't it? It's, it's like a. It's just like a seventies low-budget horror movie where it's clearly like some guy is holding the eagle puppet just off screen and just like rummaging it around his neck. Totally, or like even just the guy being attacked has it attached to their arm and is shaking their arm. Yes, yes, exactly. Yeah, that's exactly what it is. Because yeah, so- he's. He's, so uh, it's Gareth's. It's Gareth's eagle. Gareth has like walked into the eagle after John's killed him. Yeah. Um. And then there, yeah, he's basically living inside an eagle, which uh, is sad. It's a pretty tragic way to uh, 
to be. Totally. Also sounds like a Steely Dan song, <laughs> Living Inside an Eagle. <laughs> Living Inside the Eagle. <laughs> it's, it's the alternate ending to being John Malkovich. It, he just ends up in a, an eagle for the rest of his life. Um, but yeah, so but that was pretty they, ridiculous. Yeah. But John gets away. John gets away. Of course he does. Jumps on a horse, rides off. And Egret looks devastated. I like yes. this actor, Rose Leslie, yes. uh, in this episode. Absolutely, yes. It, it's she doesn't. I mean, she you know she has a fair share of dialogue in this episode, but the expression on her face when John leaves just tells you everything. It, it tells you everything about her character, what he's done, what it means to her. Um, it's yeah, it's a great little shot. It's a very short shot as well. It could have lingered longer, I thought, but it's you know it's one second, and um, you get you get everything. Totally. Uh, and in the meantime as well, uh, while they've um, gotten away with hiding out in that windmill, Brand tells Osha, like, hey, Rickon's going to be in danger north of the wall. You take him to mm. um, the last hearth, which is the Umber place. Yes. Yeah. Uh, which will definitely be safe because they're definitely still getting along with the Starks. <laughs> yeah, fuck. Um, but yeah, you're right. Yeah, Rickon, Rickon uh, and Bran are splitting up. We've just seen two Starks. Well, you know, like a, a a bastard Stark sort of pass pass by them, but um, they're they're all getting split up even more. Uh, and you know, man, I hate to see the uh, the end of Rickon in this show. I, I assume he's such an interesting, um, multifaceted <laughs> character. <laughs> really yeah, plays it's a real shame plot. that he might not be popping up as much because boy, I'm going to miss whatever his voice sounds like. <laughs> I remember at least one thing that he's said, so, you know. <laughs> Genuinely, this episode, I think, is the most dialogue he's had in any of the episodes so far. Y- yeah, yeah, I think you're right. Yeah, definitely. I don't remember one of the things that he says. But, um, yeah, that's that's all the kind of side stuff. But the meat of the episode and the main focus is over at the twins with uh, the uh, grey... No, what's he called? The Frey? Frey's. Yeah, uh, and the wedding between them and Edmure, between the 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 Frey daughter and Edmure. So, uh, what goes on there, Ben? Well, uh, not much. Should we just end the episode here? Yeah, probably. Fair enough. Goodbye, everyone. Thanks for listening. Uh, <laughs> this is very <laughs> talking to me. So, Rob Stark and his army and his family they roll up to the Freys because they, they were late. Little, they have a little conversation him and his mum beforehand, where he's like clearly forgiven his mum. Yes, yes, that's true. Yes, he, they're also they're looking at the battle plans and they're like, if this doesn't come off, we're fucked. We get yeah. pincered, you know, against against the bay. We will be killed. So hey, let's go big or go home. And he kind of tells her like, I don't remember specifically what it was, but he's like, last thing you did, oh yeah, with Greyjoy, with Theon, you mm. really begged me to not let him go, and you were right about that. So give me your advice. It turns out she was right about a couple of other things. She. Uh, Warned against as well. Yeah, by the yeah. End of this episode certainly by the end of this episode. Um, yeah, you're right. So they do. They have a little, a little powwow. They make up. It's it's very sweet, um, but it also reinforces the stakes. The stakes are very, very high, which is mm. why they're taking this risk. Uh, um, yeah, exactly. Like they need to get Walder Frey's army, or else they can't do it. Yeah, they can't win this yep. war. That's right. Um, uh, so, so they, they, yeah, they, they come in. I, I th- this, uh, yeah, you, you do this <laughs> bit, but I thought it was kind of weird. Uh, the, the bit where it, Rob enters, he basically goes up to make a speech to Walder Frey. He apologizes. 
Uh, he says, sorry for breaking his promises. Um, and yeah, this is the bit, right, where Walter Frey basically just fucking roasts them. Just tears, like, tears them apart, makes fun of them, really, uh, has a go at Talisa, just, you know, it, in a fucking gross way. Yeah, uh, yeah, he, and he's being his regular old gross self, which is like what you expect from that dude. And yeah, it's, it's pretty good. I like that character, honestly, not in, you know, in the way of, I think, in the way that you want to be like him. <laughs> <laughs> I think he makes sense and, and he's like, I get how he's gotten this gross and he's like a good sort of medieval summary of this type of guy. You know what I mean? Like, Absolutely, yeah. It just unfettered, unfettered cuntiness. Like he's, yeah. he, he, he's the head of a powerful family. He has a million weird incesty wife daughter things. Like he treats his whole family like uh, shit. Uh, and everyone yeah. as well, um, and yeah, he 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 just like talks about how he understands why Rob betrayed him. He uses the word betrayed. He says that he says, you know, I understand why you betrayed me. You betrayed me for firm tits and a tight fit, which is an awful phrase, and I uh, regret having to say it. <laughs> but he well, he says that. I've got it on a sticker next to my Monster Energy drink sticker on the back of my Ute. Ah, oh, sweet. Sweet man, yeah. So he says that he he starts basically sort of like um, I can't I can't think of the right way to describe it, but he he's he's being extremely gross, like he's um, embarrassing them, he's humiliating them by with the totally. words that he's using. They're yeah. in his house and he's flexing his dick up there. Yeah, absolutely, completely. And um, but he's, he he is know. also still saying he's saying like. You know, I appreciate, like, I understand that you've broken this oath and you've betrayed me and I kind of understand why. And, you know, look, let's get this marriage done and uh, we'll move on. Yeah, exactly. And then, so the bit that I thought was weird, it wasn't actually that, but it's the next bit where Edmure meets uh, Rosalind Frey. Because they go through and, like, at, at the bit beforehand, they, for like 20 of them, go through his mm-hmm, daughters mm-hmm. being like, mm-hmm. this is Rula, Vula, Fula, Tula, and... <laughs> <laughs> it, it, they try and like make them look like, oh my god! Imagine having to marry her. Whoa. Yeah, and yeah. then at the yeah. end, uh, Ed Muir's bride to be Rosalind Frey comes down. It's like, wait a minute, she's hot. And, <laughs> totally. And, and totally. Ed was like, yes. Oh, what a relief. And Rob's <laughs> like, oh no, did I do the right thing? And it's just the weirdest <laughs> bunch of like, yes, totally. You're right. That is so weird. And Ed Muir, who is such a foolish character, he really is. You know. Um, uh, painted as as an idiot, a bit of an idiot, a bit of a fool, and <laughs> it's so it's so played almost as a comedic moment of like, wait a minute, I'm lucking out here. It completely it's, is, yeah. and it's like yeah. old fashioned, like fucking not Charlie Chaplin, sub Charlie Chaplin stuff. You know, like mm, it's the weirdest, yeah. like. Going he just does a double take, place. like yeah. Bu- 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 what? <laughs> it, it's like it's such a thin hair away from being like a complete jaw gonk down to the ground, yes. tongue rolling out. Totally. It's it's totally. the weirdest little thing, and it isn't played as like a, oh look at these guys being ridiculous about this. It's like Edme, you're locked out. This this mm, woman's mm. just fucking hot, and that's the good thing. It's and it's all I don't know. It's very odd. It's it's very odd. Um, there's a, there are a few moments of comic relief in 
the early scenes, um, especially at the feast, you know, there's some giggling girls and some some of the boys sort of looking over and like Blackfish makes some kind of faux pas and it's all a little bit lighthearted. I mean, they are, there's, you know, they're at a feast, they're at a wedding, they're drinking, they're, they're having fun. There's a the thing they seem to do at every feast where like one of the, the more sort of somber, serious characters like Rob just kind of laughs at nothing. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, he's just completely. looking off. Completely. He's looking off over yeah. the other side of the room, and he goes, "Ha ha ha!" And then, and then it's it'll be fuck like that. funny and happened then, you know, over there, Rob. What the his, fuck did you see that was funny? Someone dancing? It, Get over yourself! It's it's exactly that. It's that you know, and then it pans over, and his wife looks at him lovingly, and it's like, yeah. ah, fun is nice. Good things I, are happy. Totally, and like uh, anyway, maybe that's what it was like back in the day. But then sure, they do this sure. uh, this betting ceremony that we've heard about. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yes, uh, you're right. You're right. It's referenced uh, with with Tyrion and Sansa. Yeah, and it's it, like uh, I didn't think it was that weird, and then I realized like, oh, they're going to watch them fuck. Yeah, yeah, because because they later say like it's a weird tradition, but you know how else do you know they've consummated the marriage? Yeah, it's like okay, I guess. So the men carry. Uh, uh, Edmure's new wife what's her name Rosalind Frey Rosalind out, yep and the women move Edmure around Edmure's like be careful girls if you unleash that monster there's no caging him and they're yes, all like yes. alright we don't fucking believe you let's <laughs> get a look at that, that fucking tiny little puffer fish don't <laughs> that was that was my least favourite line but also the funniest in, in a bad way so yeah. yeah look hey happy it happened very stupid, though. Um, and in the meantime, the, the blackfish has fucked off as well. He's uh, gone to find a tree to piss on. So yep. the blackfish yes. and Ed Muir, not in the room. Not in the room. Interesting to note for yeah. no reason. Um, oh, you know what we uh, we should check in with? Because I just realized this um, uh, location by location recap does not mention it so far. Arya and the Hound are en route to this very castle. Yep. They've had a bit of back and forth with each other going like, uh, like Arya is being real sassy with him and he's kind yep. of, he, the hound seems at a loss of how to deal with it for most of it. <laughs> yeah, yes, totally. He's but a little he's, bit like, he's bemused. He's just like, what, what, just, just chill. It's just kind of like, I, I'm, what I'm doing is very straightforward. Just chill. Totally. Most of the time he's eating his little pig's feet and being like, shut up, girl. And then yes. at the end, she's like, at some point, I'm going to drive a sword through your skull. Mm. And he's like, oh, fuck. <laughs> what? <laughs> oh, dude, How'd you I figure don't. out I'm afraid of fire? Fuck. <laughs> yeah. Uh, yes. Yes, that's right. But anyway, just wanted to check in, uh, remind uh, people that that was happening. Yeah. They're right around the corner. And they do start showing up at this point. Uh, mm. Like, mm. the hound tri- like steals a cart. From this dude who uh, Arya convinces him not to kill. Yes, that's right. That's probably the, the the one of the two more interesting things that happens in their plotline is that they come across a guy, the Hound knocks him out, and Arya's like, "Don't, don't kill him." And the Hound's like, oh, "I, I kind of wanna." <laughs> yeah. And then I like the bit where um, she goes, "You're not even a killer. I know a real killer. He kill you ten ways to Sunday." And he goes, "Is it that man?" She's like, no. And he goes, well, then I'm going to kill him. <laughs> yes. <laughs> yeah, that was good. I like that. I like their dynamic. I think it's good. 
Totally. I, I agree with that. But yeah, they're sneaking in as well. He's pretending to be a cart boy. She's on the back. And they're and, they uh, get turned aside, away. Uh, yes, they do. Yes. Uh, a weird looking, sort of familiar looking guard. Uh, who I thought did, played this part very well. It was a very small part, but I thought it was good. He's sort of just like, you know, the, the feast is over. The feast is over. What, do you understand that? It's done. It's it's Which, you know, we... And I wanted to say, I wanted to sort of, you know, um, demarcate the plot line at this point, because up until now it's been a little bit weird when they arrived, but, you know, that's Walter Frey. He's, he's a dickhead. He's an awful man. But it has been kind of lighthearted. It's been fun. The Roslyn thing is like, oh, this, okay, maybe things are going to work out for everyone. They've been totally. laughing, they've been playing around, and this is the exact point where you start to get a bit of a sick feeling in, in the pit of your stomach, because yeah, something absolutely. doesn't seem right. Because up yeah. until this point as well, they really have, if you've been paying attention to it, or like being cynical about it, Rob and Talisa are more in love than ever, there's a baby mm-hmm. in her. Mm-hmm. They're, they're yes. talking about that. They're like, well, oh, is it going to be a boy or a girl? She's like, I reckon it's going to be a boy named Eddard. And he's like, holy fuck, that's the best option. And then. Yeah. <laughs> yep, totally. Absolutely. Robin, yeah, Robin the- his mum have made up. His yep. mum seems to finally get the whole marriage between them and seems to approve now. Everything yep. is going better than ever. That's weird that that's they're right. playing the uh, brains of Castamere. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. It seems a bit, you know, down downbeat for a wedding. Kind of, I, I don't know if they know the history between us and the Lannisters. That's actually sort of not an appropriate thing to be playing right now. That's right. Hey, the history of the song. It also uh, has a pretty negative connotation. Yeah. So, uh, yeah, the doors get shut at this wedding. The, uh, yep. the, Ca- the, the So, Ca- Catelyn is our point of view character at this point. She's looking around. Yeah. She sees the doors get shut. She, um, she looks over at Roose Bolton and... Like it's a little a little weird from him. He sort of just looks down at his sleeve. Totally. He gives her a little bit of like, go on, have a look. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. <laughs> get a, Wouldn't get you your like eyes to have under a look? There. <laughs> there. Go on. Figure it out. Go on. Go on. I have a very sexy wrist. It's pretty unusual that a man would be wearing chain mail here in the Middle Ages, but like to a wedding, I guess it would be. To a wedding it would be. That's what uh that's what she realizes. That is her moment. Yeah. She 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 looks up. She sees the doors get shut. Roos Roos really does look sus. I think, and I think fair enough. You know, the doors have been barred at this point. Um, pe- people are getting turned away. The feast is over apparently, and he's like, "Yep, I'm gonna show my hand. It's a hand that is clothed in chainmail. You've been fucked." Yeah, and they immediately get fucked. The musicians like jump out of their seats. And the mm-hmm. like start blowing darts out of their trumpets. <laughs> <laughs> yes, yep, spot on. It's um, fuck. What happens? It there's something. Hap- I think Walter Frey goes to make a toast or something. Rob like has basically got up and walked front and center, and mm. um, I think he says like, "Yeah, I've got something I'd like to give to the king." And, uh, d- yeah, to, I have. You guys got married, and I haven't given a present to the bride yet. Oh yeah, fuck. That's right. Yes. And then yeah, first thing that happens is one of the one of the Freys or whoever it is runs up behind her and just brutally fucking stabs her in her pregnant belly. Yep. Yep. Uh, that like, is probably how you know, the most shit's vicious going down. thing that's happened on this show so far. Absolutely. <laughs> to this point, uh, at least uh, of this episode, yeah. I mean, yeah. fuck. It's um, it's intense. You're right. Like we, they, and I, I do think you, we sort of um played up the fact that they have 
focused on all these positives and it seems like it's going to be a semi-fairy tale. You know, things are, are all going good, but they do. They mentioned that she's pregnant earlier and, boy, if she is not pregnant after uh, after that. Well, I, like, I, I didn't pick up on it the first time through as well. Nice stuff mm. happening mm. wasn't a, an, a warning siren for me. Right, right, right. And, and people it should have, be. <laughs> uh, totally, but, like, people have, you know, like... The succession of the line and all that stuff is just things that go on in this show anyway. Yeah. 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 But, uh, but yeah, um, she's, she's dead pretty quickly. She's uh, pretty, she's pretty much dead straight away. Yeah. And then Rob's standing in the, there in like the dead center of the room and just is shot by about seven different crossbows. Catelyn cops one as well. Catelyn and- cops one. All, they also have a lot of other soldiers and shit in the room who are just massacred immediately. Right, they're exactly. They're being everyone is taken by surprise here. All of the uh, the Starks, at least, or the Stark men. Yeah. So outside, the same thing starts to happen. Arya's having a look at this, where you know there's a bunch of Stark soldiers around who get the same treatment. They uh, totally. They're all like, "Hey, a boy, don't I love Winterfell and being a Stark soldier?" And then a guy comes up and just cuts his throat. Totally. And then uh, she sees Grey Wind, who's Rob's wolf. Grey Wind Ooh, yeah. is shot with a whole bunch of uh, arrows as well. Grey Wind's brutal, dead. brutal. Uh, Arya like goes to rush inside or whatever, and uh, the Hound comes up behind her and is like, "It's too late, girl!" and clonks her mm. on the head with his big fist, <laughs> just like a big, yep. a big dong on the head. Yeah, and, and just picks her up and is like, "I guess I'm walking out of here fine." Um, totally a guy from this episode as well. Like more and more, his character has been painted as this guy who totally tries to mask his massive cowardice and insecurity. Mm. Mm. Yes, yeah, that's true. Yeah, you're right. He's like, it's too late. There's nothing we can do. It's like, well, um, there's certainly nothing you can do if you don't try to do anything. And all his fuck the king stuff was him running away. And yes. like to be yep. fair, fuck the king, but it wasn't necessarily him, you know, doing it out of moral righteousness. It seems to be that he is trying to get himself out of whatever scrape he thinks he's in forever. Totally, you're right. You're right. When 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 he said fuck the king, it was just after he had had a panic attack on the battlefield because there was a fire nearby. Exactly. But so yeah, he he runs off with Arya over his shoulder and back inside, Catelyn's crawling around mm. trying to not die yeah uh, rob is holding talisa in his arms and she looks extremely dead in that shot they show of her face it's yeah a real creepy yeah shot. it yeah yeah you're totally right there's no there's no like oh f- some very uh, beautiful last words gonna happen there she's fucking dead yeah and so catelyn grabs um walder's wife walder's very yep. young wife mm-hmm. and she's like gives him an ultimatum like hey walder fucking cut this out and we will leave and we will never bring it up again and walder quite rightly is like that's not true (laughs) that's not gonna happen (laughs) yeah yeah a that's not true and b there's no chance of it happening because do you think i'm an idiot like that's just yeah it's a desperate act obviously and i gotta say from this point on that that exact point um when we cut back to catalan uh, her the actor Michelle Fairley is just amazing. The whole totally. end of this episode is some of the most um, some of the most emotional and effective TV that's ever been made, and I think it's um, 
it couldn't have happened without her performance. I think she's so good. She is Michelle Very in this scene. <laughs> and uh, I, you know, I completely agree. Like actual grief coming out of a voice, and it's quite hard to yep. watch largely yep. because of her. Yeah. Uh, and then yeah, it, she's she's got the the daughter there or the the wife. Sorry, and um, yeah, Walter Frey's like, yeah, I'll I'll get another one. That's fine. Ugh. You can do it. So, um, Bruce Bolton wanders up to Rob and says, "The Lannisters yeah. send their regards for the second yep. time." Yes. Or maybe no, Jamie said that in a previous episode. He yeah, he said tell tell the tell them the Lannisters send their regards. Yeah. Yeah. And so and, here are um, the regards, a big old knife through the belly. Yeah. Uh Catelyn gives a fucking scream as uh Rob falls to the ground and He then- says he's he looks at her before he he looks at her and says mother and then falls over and dies. Yeah. Fucking brutal. <laughs> oh boy, like that's yeah. Oof. Yeah, and she screams, cuts the throat of this girl, and is dead long before her throat is cut as well, which I thought was very yeah. cool. Yeah, yeah. And she like she dies whilst alive on her feet there. Yep, totally. You see it. You see it go out of her eyes. It's yeah. uh, it's in, it's incredible. It's it's so disturbing. I I I, I can't emphasize enough how. You're right. The the, it, the it's it's palpable grief that that comes through the screen as you're watching this. It is so so disturbing. Yeah, totally. And you're right. It isn't because like it is extremely violent this scene, but it, it's not that. No, because no. like I I think you know with all fairness to the actor, Rob's reaction to to Lisa dying isn't as impactful. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. I would Even agree with that. He, like he's just seen his unborn child and his wife die, but yep. this scene is Catelyn seeing Rob die. That is mm-hmm. the 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 part of it. Absolutely. You you don't get from Rob's uh, actor's performance the complete, like complete, there's no other way to, to say it, 100% complete, abject disappearance of any form of hope. Um, and that is what Catalan um, uh, totally. depicts. That's what she portrays. You see someone realising that not only are they going to die, but everything they've ever worked towards, fought for and loved is also gone and that's that's what Michelle Fairley manages to uh, convey in about a minute. Yeah, and I don't think Rob should be feeling that either. He's naive and, like, he mm. would be hopeful and even if he'd have gotten out of this somehow, he'd have carried on. Sure, you know, he'd, sure. He'd have moved past it at some point. But, uh, so, yeah, he, his reaction of being just sort of stunned and confused and overwhelmed is probably exactly right. Yeah, sure, sure. Sure. Uh, that's, also, yeah, that's, that's a good explanation. Yeah, the actors—I don't know his name off the top of my head—but Walter Frey is fucking good in this scene too. He's like little—he's given these weird little—you know when like a cat looks at a bird and does that weird little dat like with its lips. Yes. Yep. Yep. He's kind of doing yep. that at it. It's real creepy. Yes. Yeah. You're right. Yes. That's something that that's important to underline. I think that the actor who plays Walter Frey is also incredible. Like none of this would have worked as well as it did without his performance. It's um yep. it it because he's so he's so exaggerated at times. It's certainly the first time I watched this episode um you know years ago a lot of this caught me by surprise. I, it was a bit of misdirection almost. Cuz you don't even think of this character as being capable of pulling off something like this really because he's a bit of he's such a ridiculous figure. Mm, yep, yep. I think that's yeah, that's it. Yeah, he, he's so over the top that it's like, oh, okay, he has done the worst thing I've seen <laughs> committed to film. That's fucked. All right, okay, Jesus. 
but man, yeah, that 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 cry that she gives out, and then her getting her throat cut, falling to the ground, cutting to black, no music. It's um, boy, it's good TV. Yeah, and it's the the second last episode of this se- season as well. Yes. Yeah. There's still one more yep. left, and like it's such a big sort of barn burner of an ending. But it's good that you get the sort of follow up next week to that, or some of it at least. Mm, mm. It's nice to know. Yeah, that because not a year's wait. Two. That's true. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And you, you, with there are characters that we we want to know what happens to John. We want to know what happens to Arya. There are plot lines we haven't touched upon uh, in this episode at all. So um, yeah, it's going to be good to to get some sort of. Not catharsis or closure, but, you know, uh, something else next week. Yeah, because these motherfuckers who have transitioned into being the main characters are once again dead. (laughs) Yeah. Yes, absolutely. It's crazy that this show pulls off the same trick twice, but Mm. it works both times. Yes. And, hey, I think it works better the second time. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. Uh, It's insane. Very well done, <laughs> Game of Thrones. You have my plaudits. You have my kudos. Ah, and you have my third unusual word. <laughs> <laughs> Axe? Oh, fuck. <laughs> it was right there. That it was is right what there. Said. Um, good episode of a good show. Yeah. And this, like we said up the top, is definitely the point where a lot of people started going like, whoa, okay, this show. Yep, uh, and with good reason. This, uh, in terms of quality, I don't want to talk about you know any any future story or whatever. My, my high point, my absolute high point of the series. Um, it's just definitely incredible. like the the cultural fulcrum as well. Yep, nice work on fulcrum. Thank you very much. You have my plowed in it. Very good. Um, but yeah, man, that's the end of that episode. Do, do we, is there anything else we want to talk about or should we, should we move into spoilers? Uh, what, yeah. What, what's, yeah. Yeah. Not I mean, the, we kind of covered the, it. <laughs> totally. In the non-spoiler section, I don't really have much more to say. That's kind of the, the long and the short of it. But, um, yeah. Yeah. yeah uh, it's, it's a good episode and, uh, the show continues to be good after this, so keep going. And yeah, if you're watching for the first time, maybe send us an email of what your reaction to this yes. uh, episode was. I'd be interested. To yeah, know yeah, I'd love that. I'd, I'd, I'd love that. I'd love to know what you think is going to happen next as well. Yeah, um, because yeah, it's it's huge. Um, yeah, and also when I say because um, yeah, you sort of alluded to the fact that the show continues to be good. It it does. I just think that this is, you know, this is an eleven out of ten. Um, it's just, it, it is not reached again, but that's because it might be one of the best things to ever be put on TV. Um, it's a crazy so, yeah. You know what's interesting as well is that the Lannisters aren't in this episode. You don't see a Lannister. Totally, totally. Yeah, that's a really uh, good point. The, the the fact that they can be the villains are like Walder Frey and Bruce Bolton now are obviously villains, but like it, it's it's crazy that the Lannisters being behind this happens without them appearing on screen for the entire episode. Yeah, like, and a lot of the the tragedy uh, happens before they're even mentioned. Like, we don't yeah. get the Lannisters' name mentioned until Roose, you know, puts the final uh, nail in Rob's coffin. Yeah. All right. Well, uh, if you're listening for the first, oh, sorry, watching the show for the first time, uh, that's probably it for the that part of the episode, the non-spoilery section. Mm. Uh, are you talking to me, Pod? Aria, as in Aria, talking to me, yep. Pod. 
at gmail.com is the email address. And yeah, if you let us know if you're watching for the first time what you thought, or even if you, you know, you remember how you felt at the time, why not email in? Yeah. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. Um, yeah, also Twitter, Twitter is Aria. I think it's Aria, just Aria talking to me. And, uh, we're on Facebook as well. Just give us a Google. Um, uh, oh, before we move into the sealed section, I want to thank Z for providing us with our new intro that was uh, played at the start of the episode. Uh, that's very, very nice of you. He said some uh, lovely things about listening to the show um, in an email to us. So thanks, Z, and thanks for the intro. Um, yeah, very cool. Also, I actually, just yes. very quickly as well, I, as a side note, this thing, this was part of the reason there's so many film reactions of this is because people who'd read the books knew this was coming. And I remember this being a big thing where all the book readers were like, well, get ready for next week. Hmm. Yeah, yeah, yes. And I just ran into my head, so I thought I'd say it. Oh, yeah. Well, just fucking say anything that comes into your stupid head from now on, okay? A submarine porpoise. <laughs> oh, that was random, dude. That was random humor. I love it. I'm fucking random as shit. I said two things from the ocean. That's random. <laughs> Yeah, fuck. <laughs> I didn't even pick up on that. All right, let me do one. Um, uh, rabbit grass. Uh, mm. <laughs> Sky cloud. <laughs> <laughs> uh, um, sealed section. Yeah, let's move into that. See you later, everybody who's watching for the first time. Uh, if you don't Bye. want spoilers for the rest of the show. But for those of you who do, well, you've you come do. to the right place. And the Take a seat in the corner of our darkened tavern and welcome to a little thing we like to call the sealed section. Like, it's obvious where this is the turning point what this is the turning point for all the mm-hmm. stuff that happens after that I don't really have heaps to say about that Arya's character shift in here I think is happening really really naturally yes uh, absolutely yeah yeah yeah. that's a good call um, uh, the hound persists with being uh, a bit of a jerk although he does he does also persist with trying to like act in a way that appears to be noble for the best yeah He's um, suffering now too. Like those two do have a great arc here at the same time. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Which is uh, someone mentioned in a in a question, and I forget who. Sorry, that um, we think that uh, narratively it would make sense for Arya to maybe kill the Hound, but um, she actually might by the end uh, by the by season seven by where we're up to think he's already dead or not know where he is. Right. Um, but yeah, sh- should should she kill him? That would be pretty sad. Like it would be a tragic end to his arc rather than a redemptive one, which uh, maybe he deserves. I don't know. Yeah, uh, and I think it would definitely be sort of a stain against her character as well, which is the direction mm. she's going in. So, sure. Yeah, I think you've mentioned before she is losing her sense of uh, humanity. It seems like potential. Yeah. Uh, I, I, as well, just every time I see Dario Naharis, I keep thinking about how insane insanely different the next actor they cast is. So different in in tone, in in looks, obviously. Um, he goes from being Fabio to Han Solo. Like, it's crazy. It's so weird. And, like, the actor who plays him next time, we'll talk about this, obviously, in a few weeks, but mm. the actor who ends up playing it was like, yeah, I never watched the show and I never looked at his performance. I just did what I did. It's like, yeah, man, it shows. <laughs> <laughs> 
<laughs> yeah, fucking hell. I mean, I prefer him. I think he's yeah, a better actor and, and a more interesting version of the character. But oh, it's I I I have a little bugbear with these kind of things. It sort of uh, chips away at the credibility of it as a as a as an artistic um, form. Uh, this is the most insane one that happens throughout the show for sure. Absolutely, the mountain obviously is the other one. Um, but yeah, I think just generally, just generally with TV, I I, I hate <laughs> I hate that. Yeah, at least the mountain was two massive dudes. Sure, two massive dudes. Um, also, strangely, like they serve different purposes at, at the various points. Yeah, yeah. Um, uh, but yeah, that'll all come up later, obviously. So yeah, not a huge mm. amount for me personally to say, other than beyond anything quite obvious here. Uh, Brandon walking in, Bram walking in, walking, war, war, Jesus <laughs> fuck, Brandon walking, <laughs> Brandon, Brand Stark walking, yes, into Hodor is yep. obviously going to be big at some point. Yep, that was probably my my main one, my my biggest note in terms of future um, consequences. Yeah, definitely. Do you know when you were saying about people posting just like red wedding, wow, on Facebook and whatever? <laughs> Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, hold the door was definitely another one of them. Ah, fuck. Yeah, you're right. Yeah, yeah. Which also sucks. Yeah. Like, don't do that, anyone. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> That's no, shitty. don't, don't po- post like what you think are cryptic spoilers because you're not a riddle master and your spoilers <laughs> no. are probably pretty obvious. Pretty dumb. Pretty obvious. Um, yeah. yeah, fuck. Ho- hold the door. That is, uh, I think that happened around the time I was getting a bit. I was losing my uh, love for the show. It was becoming just a interest, but that as an episode in a moment is fucking great. That 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 just about got me back in single handedly. Definitely. Well, that was sort of midway through season six, I think. Right? Uh, yeah, that that's, that sounds right. Yeah, yeah. But yeah, it's uh, it is great, and that's coming up. But yeah, not not a huge amount to say for this. That the things that this affects are quite obvious. Yeah. Agreed. Uh, let's do a listener question before we wrap up, shall we? Yep. Uh, we got something from Rurid. Rurid. Uh, he says, hey guys, big fan of the show. Uh, he came over from the filth and it's making a rewatch of Game of Thrones a lot less confusing than the first time around, which is a very nice thing to hear. Sometimes I think, I don't know about you, I worry that we just sort of ramble around. Um, but apparently we uh, recap the show properly. Oh, well... <laughs> Disagree. Um, (laughs) uh, He says, my question to you is whether you think the Night's Watch is coming to an end since that big-ass dragon blew up the wall. Should the wall get rebuilt or is this the beginning of the end of the Brotherhood? Will this be the final battle against the White Walkers? And if so, will it end in both sides being annihilated, rendering the Night's Watch pointless? Cheers, Rurid. P.S. I went to see Nox's show last weekend and would would like to apologize for paying him with Euros. You fucking son of a bitch. No, that's fine. Uh, <laughs> uh, thanks for coming. I think Euros is Euros are still uh, more valuable than Australian dollars, from what I uh, know. Yes. I think everything that Robert Mugabe hasn't been involved with is more valuable than yep. Australian do- <laughs> dollars. But uh Yes. Uh yeah, I don't know. That's an interesting question. like I guess the Night's Watch is maybe something that will continue in a different capacity. Afterwards, yeah. like, the King's yeah. Guard is basically the same thing, but for the King. Sure, yeah. Yeah. Several, several sort of, and like the idea of a sort of bunch of prison soldiers 
mm-hmm. isn't a terrible idea for a place like Westeros. So, you know, maybe they, I, I, I don't know if their function of protecting from the north, but then surely if they win, you don't go, well, time to disband the Night's Watch. You go, holy fuck, time to triple the Night's Watch. Quad- yeah, absolutely. Quadruple. Completely, completely. Because a lot of this, this, you know, the the commentary around the Night's Watch within the the world of the show is like, what do we even need them for? There's nothing up there. There's no bad guys. There's no magic. There's no zombies. There's no dragons. They're just a bunch of fucking prisoner no hopers sitting on top of a wall. And yeah, you're right. If if it's proven that uh, no, there's a, a a zombie army, it surely makes them more important. Completely, yeah. So I don't reckon they're necessarily going anywhere, but yes, they w- there probably will be a point of them changing in some way towards the end of it, and Sam will be the head of it or whatever. Yeah, yeah. They'll just become a crack squad of zombie hunters or something. Yeah. Um, <laughs> it transitions yeah. into, like, the fourth Walking Dead spinoff. Oh, boy. I mean, it, yeah. Ugh. Anyway. The Walking Dead. Uh, thank We're you. in a golden age of TV. <laughs> Fear the Walking Dead. The Walking Dead. Talking Dead. Well, not that one. No, for God's sake. Um, thanks for the question, Rurid. Um, it's an interesting one. I uh, I don't know. We'll have to wait and see. Uh, I don't like Jon Snow or Sam, though. So uh, <laughs> that's just my, uh, my Yeah, The Night's Watch um, was definitely uh, not ever my favourite storyline. I can see it how it could be. Um, I, I, that that like you said, that sort of prison soldier thing, mm. um, having to also be you know the last hope against the end of the world is um, an interesting idea. I I don't know if it was executed as well as it could have been though. And you know, genuinely, a large part of it is because I get quite affected by watching cold things. Mm. I tend to feel <laughs> very cold, and yes. that was always a factor with this show. <laughs> That is, I mean, look, at least you're honest about your criticisms. Uh, it's insane, but uh, fair enough. <laughs> I, if I look at snow, I feel cold. Okay. You're, ve- you're an empath. You're so empathetic, you look at something and you feel it. Sure. Sure. <laughs> uh, good shit, Rurid. Good shit, Game of Thrones. Uh, what an episode. Uh, I don't think we'll have as interesting an episode to talk about for the rest of the show, but... Um, Hey, let's keep plowing on through that snow. Fuck yes. All right, well, we'll be back next week then. Yeah, we will. Uh, as, as we said before, please email us at ariatalkingtomepod at gmail.com. Get on the socials. No spoilers, though. Um, share the show around. Um, it seems like people who are listening to it are liking it, uh, which is very, very nice. Um, and if you're one of those people, maybe share it around. See if someone else will like it. Yeah. All right. Yeah. Well, uh, we'll bloody see you next week then. That's it. Bye. Bye. Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen, premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more. And it's all priced at 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com slash pack for free shipping and 365-day returns.